Volume Three, Chapter One of *The Vicar of Rexhill*. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. *The Vicar of Rexhill* by Francis Milton Trollope, Volume Three, Chapter One, Mister and Missus Cartwright's Letter. The very elegant cab with its beautiful horse and accoutrements led round to the door of the vicarage as his own. The agreeable vivacity, as he always thought it, of his remarkably clever son the multitude of low bows and lower curtsies which greeted him as he drove along and above all perhaps the merry peal from the church tower which had been ordered by himself to ring him into mowbray park produced altogether so favourable an effect upon the nerves of the vicar that when he stopped at the portico of his mansion his spirits and his temper appeared altogether to have recovered the shock they had received at the foot of the signpost the family party which met at dinner consisted of mr and mrs cartwright miss cartwright mr jacob cartwright and poor charles mowbray and his sister fanny mowbray thought the genial hour of dinner might probably be the most favourable for mentioning the invitation of sir gilbert and lady harrington to his sister and miss torrington an idea which probably occurred to him in consequence of the remarkably well-pleased and complacent air visible on his stepfather's countenance as he took his place at the bottom of the table poor charles he made this observation and he determined to profit by it though it was not without a pang that he saw himself thus pushed from the stool that nature and fortune seemed to have assigned to him i am glad thought he that the proud rosalind who advised me to lay my fortune at the feet of no one is not here to witness the moment at which i take my place at my father's board lord of my presence and no land beside but his young spirit soon o'ermastered the sensation which seemed threatening to choke him when mr cartwright said in the most obliging voice in the world charles let me give you some soup this over he said with the easiest accent he could assume and addressing his mother i am the bearer ma'am of a message from lady harrington she hopes that you will spare her the society of miss torrington and helen for a short time miss cartwright looked at her husband to ascertain his sentiments before she ventured to have any of her own it is very considerate of the old lady said the vicar with a soft smile of which his daughter only knew the full value i dare say she thought we should be a good deal engaged just at first chivers don't you see mr jacob cartwright is waiting for sauce i think my love we shall make no objection to the arrangement however we will talk together on the subject before we decide as this amiable speech will not be found to accord exactly with his subsequent conduct it may be well to remark that the servants were waiting at table who doubtless would report his answer and speculate on the temper of it the family party seemed expected to sit at table rather longer than usual the master of the banquet was evidently enjoying himself and though charles sickened alike at his dignity and his condescension and henrietta looked more pale and fanny more melancholy every moment still mr jacob appeared in ecstasies and as mrs cartwright continued to smile upon her handsome husband with every symptom of satisfaction he continued to perform his new and delightful task at the bottom of the table till long past the usual hour of withdrawing at length however the watchful bride received the little nod which her husband had that morning informed her must always precede her moving from the table the ladies retired and charles followed them as far as the hall where impatiently seizing upon his hat and wrapping himself in his cloak he set off despite the heavy darkness of the night to relieve his heart from the load that oppressed it by passing an hour at oakley mr cartwright and jacob remained in the dining-room for another very delightful half-hour and then followed coffee and tea and fanny's own hymns sung to irish melodies and a few conjugal kindnesses exchanged on the sofa and henrietta pleaded illness and went to bed and then another very appropriate extempore prayer was uttered and the family separated will you not take a little wine and water and a biscuit my dear mr cartwright said his attentive wife you always used to do it i had rather the tray were taken to your dressing-room my love 
there was something so affectionately comfortable in this proposition that the lady added a tender smile to her nodded assent and in a few minutes the newly married pair found themselves in robes de chambre luxuriously seated in the two soft armchairs before a blazing fire in the very room that a few short weeks before had witnessed the first full disclosure of the vicar's love madeira sugar nutmeg hot water and dainty biscuits tempted to negus and to chat and thus the conversation ran only second to my service to the lord my clara is my adoration of you began the fond husband and in nothing perhaps shall i be more likely to show this than in the pains i shall almost involuntarily take to guard you from every spiteful and envious observation which our union sweetest is likely to excite it was in this spirit my beauteous clara that i replied in the manner i did to the message from those very infamous people the harringtons had i my love at once proclaimed my feelings on the subject i well knew what the result would be you would have been abused throughout the country for having married a tyrant whose first act of power was to vex and thwart your children therefore when your sweet eyes looked towards mine for the purpose of consulting me i at once decided upon the line of conduct most certain of securing you from any invidious remark how very kind my dearest husband i must pray for power to prove my gratitude for such kindness as i ought sweet love together we will pray together learn how best to prove the virtuous tenderness of our souls but do not my clara suspect me guilty of the contemptible weakness of really intending that your daughter and your ward should remain inmates in a family that has so cruelly insulted you oh do not believe it no i would rather submit to insult myself in the most painful form than permit you my best beloved to encounter it unresisted you must write my clara you must write a letter to helen and send it with the carriage early to-morrow morning to oakley it must be such a letter dearest as shall bring her home without an hour's delay but my dearest mr cartwright charles has gone there to-night you may depend upon it and probably for the express purpose of telling the girls how graciously you received the invitation you think so my clara i own i hoped it was the case this you see is exactly what we could most wish to happen my answer was spoken precisely in the spirit which i thought could be repeated most favourably for you now therefore your asserting a mother's rights and a mother's feelings must do you honour even in the eyes of those you disoblige and no sort of reflection fall upon the blessed choice which has made me the happiest of men that was so thoughtful of you replied mrs cartwright kissing the hand that clasped hers but what shall i say to helen dearest give me your desk my clara and i will write a line or two that you shall copy it must be expressed with strength and firmness my best love and it may prevent a repetition of this very improper request for the future the desk was brought and while mrs cartwright prepared a second glass of negus for the vicar who declared that the night was unusually chilly he composed the following epistle helen that it should have entered into your heart into the heart of my own dear child to wish for permission to become the guest of a family who from the hour of your late father's death has ever treated me with the most cruel and unmerited unkindness is a mystery that i cannot understand it was this unkindness which drove me sooner than i could have wished to do it to find a friend and adviser in mr cartwright and my only fear now is that his indulgent gentleness towards my children may prevent his being so firm a support to me in the guiding them as i may sometimes require but in the present instance i want no strength beyond my own to declare to you that i will not permit you to remain an hour longer at sir gilbert harrington's that i command you instantly to put yourself into the carriage i send for you and return to cartwright park for so of course will my residence be called in the future and moreover 
i beg you to inform the unprincipled pair who would seduce you from your mother's roof that if on the present or any future occasion they should persuade you to commit so great a sin i shall take legal measures to recover the possession of your person till such time as you shall be of age when if unhappily evil counsellors should still have influence over you i shall give you up to them to penniless obscurity to your own heart's remorse and to that sentence of everlasting condemnation which will in such case infallibly doom you to the region where there is howling and gnashing of teeth as for my ward miss torrington i must of course take the same summary mode of getting her again under my protection for such time as i shall continue to be her legal guardian clara helena francis cartwright cartwright park wednesday when this composition was completed mr cartwright turned the desk to his lady laid a fair sheet of blank paper before her put a pen into her hand drew the wax lights near her and then set about sipping the negus she had so kindly prepared for him without appearing to think it at all necessary to ask her opinion of the document she was about to copy being however rather new to the yoke into which it had pleased her to thrust her head she took the liberty of reading it a slight augmentation of colour was perceived in her delicate cheek as she proceeded by the watchful eye of her husband as he turned it towards her over the top of the beautifully cut goblet he held in his hand but he nibbled a biscuit and said nothing when the perusal of it was complete mrs cartwright dipped the pen she still held between her fingers in the ink but before she began to use it she paused the colour mounted a little higher still and she ventured to say in the very gentlest accent in the world my dear friend do you not think this might be a little softened as how my sweetest mrs cartwright's eyes again ran over it but she seemed unwilling to speak at length she said if you dear cartwright agree with me about it you would make the alteration so much better yourself perhaps i might my lovely clara but as the fact is that i do not agree with you at all on the subject i suspect your epistle would be rather the worse than the better for anything further that i could do to it he rose as he spoke and going behind her appeared to read the paper over her shoulder and having satisfied himself with the examination kissed her fair throat as he bent over it adding as he took a light from the table i am going to the library to look for a book my love write it exactly as you like and i will seal it for you when i return no one who knew mrs cartwright could have the slightest doubt that the letter would be very fairly copied by the time her obliging husband returned and so it was every word of it excepting the date she appeared to be in the very act of writing this when he came back and stopping short as he entered she said in a voice that certainly faltered a little my dear cartwright don't you think it would be better to let those odious harringtons hear from some other quarter of this change in the name of our place not but that i approve it i assure you perfectly but i know lady harrington so well and i can guess exactly the sort of style in which she will observe upon it then perhaps dearest said he again coming behind her and caressing her neck perhaps you may think it would please her ladyship better if your own name as you have accepted it from me were to be suppressed is it so my fairest good heavens no may i be forgiven for using such an expression cartwright how could you say such cruel words nay my own clara what could i think of your wishing that the house we dwell in should retain the name of your former husband ah dearest you know not all the jealousy of affection so ardent as mine what is the importance of the name of the place clara compared to your own are you not mine he continued throwing his arms round her and if you are why should you torture me with the remembrance that another has called you his that another's name has been your signature your date your history oh clara spare me such thoughts as these they unman me my dearest cartwright returned the lady only disengaging herself from his arms sufficiently to write with firm though hurried characters the name of cartwright park 
how deeply you have touched me end of volume three chapter one